Keith Sanchez of Locked On NFL Draft is our guest on Peacock and Williamson today. His favorite prospects, maybe some players he's not as high on, and how this NFL draft might go because buckle up. Uh, some very th- interesting things looks like teams are preparing to do at the top of the draft and throughout on today's episode of Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson, as always, at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a very special guest today, one of the hosts of Locked On NFL Draft. That is Keith Sanchez at The Talent Code on Twitter, joining us to talk draft and... um, to tease our new mock draft special that was out. Keith, first of all, I got to say, welcome to the network. It's been a couple months that you guys have been doing uh, with Dame, doing Locked On NFL Draft. It's been really cool. It's been a lot of fun uh, seeing you guys do this show. And uh, I want the listeners to know a little bit more about your background and how you got into scouting and how you ended up here on the Locked On Podcast Network because uh, I didn't know much about you and hadn't talked to you much until we we did the the locked on mock draft special and that was super fun and you jumped right in with matt and i and, and we had a blast recording that thing so um yeah welcome he, to he the tore it up i'll tell you what we were you guys will listen to this it was a marathon we put in some time the three of us and keith was fantastic so we had to have him on i yeah, I, I, I podcast <laughs> so hard that day that i i actually came up injured and I'm on the injured list. Right you played hurt on Monday, that rotator yeah. cuff, and like pulled a groin, and that's how that's how hard I was podcasting. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with y'all, man. It was a hell of a uh, introduction to each other, right? <laughs> right off the rip, let's go 12 hours over two days. Right. Other, nice man. to meet we, you. Yeah, we, we jump straight into it. But I, I want to start, man. Y'all intro, man. That was a hell of an intro. We have to give a round of applause to that, man. That got me hyped. That got me hyped. Yeah. <laughs> I love hearing the intro. Get you. Because some hosts, they record the show, and then they plug the intro in later. I like to hear the intro. I want to get yeah. fired up for it and get and go through the process. So, yeah, we, we go straight into it. I love it. Um, yeah. Tell us like about you, your man. scouting background through college and, and how you ended up here on the network. Yeah, man. So my scouting background is this. I, I worked at LSU from 2016 to 2021. So the year right after the Kobe year. So I was the years leading up to the championship, right? The championship year. And then the year after that, the COVID year. So I had quite an interesting transition, right? To go immediately from national champion. And then you COVID happened right after that. And then we jumped right back into football for the COVID season and to go five and five, right? And, you know, you're talking about being polar opposites of, you know, being on top of the world to going five and five and the house is on fire. Um, and, you know, left LSU after the COVID year, just, you know, due to it was more so of, you know, NIL and understanding, you know, college football and where recruiting is going and roster management. So I was like, OK, let me take a step back and figure out what my next move may be. Um, obviously, you know, you still love the football. Right. And I know uh, Matt can attest to that. Right. You still, you know, still certain things you'd be like, man, I really, you know, miss certain parts of it. But excited to be in this part. And in this part, it allows me to still do football right and it's it's watching film and i'm realizing it's almost a connect the dots for me brian and the reason i say is this that some of these guys well majority of these guys i've had on campus at lsu i've been watching them since they've been 15 16 years old so it's actually kind of cool right when you talk jalen carter 
I don't think Georgia. I think Apopka High School because yeah, that's, the same where, way. Yeah, right. yeah, that's where I first met him. So a lot of these guys, man, you know, you're talking about parents and, you know, relationships and, you know, you almost want to check on them. Be like, man, I'm so excited for you. You finally here. And you also realize how time flies. Like you were just a sophomore in high school and now you're on your way to the NFL. You said that really well. Larry Fitzgerald, Academy of the Holy Angels. You know, Darrell yeah, Davis, Al Equipa <laughs> High School. Yeah, I remember watching grainy, crappy VHS tape of those dudes and, you know, visiting campus when they were, you know, 16 years old and then watching them go off in life like a proud parent almost. So very, very cool. Keith, I, I was really excited to talk draft with you. You know your stuff, and I'm not going to send you any softballs. I want to talk, you know, mid-round guys, stuff like that. But I got to tell you, I got to ask you, you know, you mentioned the national championship. Tell me about Joe Burrow's presence in the building and what he meant to that team. And he's a real deal, huh? Yeah. And Joe, Joe, at that point in his career, because you I have to understand about Joe Burrow, right? Joe got there. He transferred from Ohio State. Everybody knows. Mm-hmm. That. But I remember like Joe's first couple of days there. He was a he, he was a very aware person. Right. Like, this is not a guy that came in and right away rah, rah, I'm going to take over this locker room, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is a guy that when we had, because, you, you know, fall camp, right? So you're waking up 5.30 in the morning to go eat breakfast. Like, I remember um, him sitting by himself sometimes, right? So and, and what the point I'm making is, is that he was a guy that was aware that my play is going to speak for itself. And then once I've earned the trust of my teammates on the field, then now I can guide them and be their vocal leader off the field. So I would say a very calculated guy off the field, but you can see that that translates to on the field too, right? He's a very calculated, aware football player. So that was Joe, man. Joe was never an extremely rah-rah guy. He had the swagger to himself, right? The confidence, but it was a quiet confidence. But then once he knew that, okay, look, I can actually take over this locker room and leave my footprint and my vocal imprint on this locker room, he took that. I love what you said earlier about knowing these prospects for so long through high school and in the recruiting. And then now, you know, talking about these guys as NFL prospects and that's really cool. And I always wonder how that weighs on NFL GMs and scouts. And because when you're in the scouting circles, whether it's college or NFL, you, you know, these guys for a long time, it's not like someone just showed up on the radar. That's at a power five school. You've known about this guy forever. And I always, I'll read a scouting report sometimes and it'll, it'll say, you know, in the pros, section you know there's a pros and cons strengths and weaknesses it'll say in the pros side of things it'll say was a five-star recruit and all this and i'm like you know i don't know if that's a pro or a con because Mm -hmm. you're an overgrown 15 year old and you got you know recruited to some school and you kind of disappointed maybe it's because you didn't put in the work maybe it's because you just never got that talented I kind of would rather have the zero star guy that was 150 pounds that grew into DeMarcus Ware. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking for the zero star that made himself into something, a self-made guy rather than a guy that's maybe been coasting. And there's a lot of different reasons a five star could be great or not. But um, how, does that affect you as an evaluator now? If the, Seeing guys through high school and now into the NFL, has it does it skew your vision of a player one way or the other, knowing how great he was compared to his peers at one point versus now? Yeah, I, I battle with myself so much, and I'm smiling when I say that because that's the fun part, right? Like when you're watching yeah, yeah. film, you're by yourself, and you're like, all right, where am I going to fall with this guy, right? And, and you have to take in so many pieces. So at, at, at the Draft Network right now, when I do my evaluations, obviously, you know, it's easy to give me LSU prospects, right? Be like, keep you're most familiar with them. But there's an other side of it. There's a kind to that. And that's the fact that I've watched these guys in practice, right? So I know every detail of the game. Like, I know exactly how to beat them because I've seen them in every stretch situation, right? Like, every bad situation. So sometimes I try to, you know, rely on guys like my my partner, right? He works with me at the Draft Network, Damian Parsons. 
I'd be like, hey, can you get eyes on this guy too? Just because I've watched him so much. I've seen him get beat in one-on-ones in practice. I've seen him blow coverages. You know, just things that I, that are ingrained in my brain through practice yeah. that are not on game film, but I still know these things. So, man, it's, it's, a, it's a tough battle. It's fun, though, man. And, and that's what makes this job fun is, is the when you're, like I said, when you're by yourself and you have to have those honest conversations with yourself. And, I'm, Brian, if you don't mind me continuing, um, I just want to talk about the zero star and the five star thing because it's so funny just to give the listeners kind of some type of insight, right? The scouts would come to school, right? Like they would come to school and be like, all right, who is this former five star kid, XYZ, stuff like that? And, and they would at times lean towards, okay, who's the three star on your team that was gritty, right? Because the three star yeah. at LSU, that's a guy that basically had to quote unquote get it out the mud right because we recruit nothing but five and four stars so if you're a three star you barely made the roster and we didn't quite have that advantage of Pitt and Akron (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure three stars are y'all five stars right we were were pretty happy with some three star guys yeah yeah Yeah. Louisiana Lafayette's just sitting there waiting for one of those three stars to fall out of the tree (laughs) (laughs) but not and they were always because they were worried about like what is your you know love for the game right like the five star always had stuff handed to them now the three had to come here compete have a competitive edge to them and that's some of the things that they were betting on so that conversation brian is a is a very real conversation i've heard it multiple times and 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 matt has been in that position walked in the building and want to talk to everybody right because you want to know that person's character and that's so many questions that i've had to answer from nfl scouts like what is this guy's character that's the biggest thing to me with the quote five stars is sometimes it's just been too easy of a path for them. You know, a lot of people tell them, yes, they've been handed a lot of things. And frankly, sometimes they haven't even been challenged on the field. Like Keith, I don't yeah. know about you, but you really see it with defensive tackles. Like there's five elite defensive tackles in the high school ranks that come out and they all go to LSU and Georgia and we don't get them a pit. And sometimes life's just so easy for them. They just throw people around for 18 years of their life before they go to the NFL. No, I, that was the that's the scariest position, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. one that you have to do your homework because, like you said, they they are bigger. They are, and then you're talking about high school, right? So right. come on, they high kill school, everybody. School, yeah, the the least popular position in high school is a center, right? Like that's that's the least popular position. So <laughs> you 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 have the opportunity to get a 5'11", 195 pound center in high school. Then you have this six five, three hundred pound defensive tackle. They can win that matchup with minimal effort, but now you're talking about transitioning to somebody that they're same as X size, you know, like even quicker than them, and then now how they're going to translate. So that's by far. If you talk about college misses, like probably defensive tackle because now you're getting people that's equal size as them. Yeah, they don't even know. They have to learn technique, you know. Yeah, beat, beat people up. Yeah, I mean, it goes across the board with every position on the field and and the fast guys, too. I see that you got to be able to win dirty in the NFL. You're not just going to be a a human joystick like you were in college and high school running around guys getting untouched. Your uniform's clean at the end of the game. Receivers got to win dirty. Pass rushers off the edge. You got to win dirty with technique through contact. Running backs have to win through contact and have great vision and the the. The, the players get faster and bigger and the, the, the area that you have to work with gets smaller in the NFL. So uh, I always look for those guys that can win contested catches at, at receiver and guys that can win through contact uh, at running back and at, at, at pass rusher because it's so important because you're not going to win pretty like you did your whole life in the NFL. You also see quarterbacks that have cannons throw with no anticipation because they don't have to. I'll well, wait yeah. till this guy comes open. I'll throw a 105-mile fastball, hit him right in the numbers. And I don't have to throw with anticipation. I can hold the ball a little longer. Yeah, no, so it's definitely fun, man. But like I said, that's the part of the process that you love. You know you're taking risk and you're just trying to figure that part out. 
all right, Keith, we're going to nail you down then on some of these prospects where you yep, land yep. and you had to put them in order. So which order did you have some of these guys in with Keith Sanchez of Locked On NFL Draft next? Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Built Bar. Something exciting is coming to Built.com April 22nd, Saturday. And I don't have all the details yet. I wish I did, but there's a brand new flavor coming. It's The excitement is real. It's bubbling up. We're arguing about it in the Locked On DMs. Which flavor is it? Something you won't want to miss. And if you don't know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world. And they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal seasonal flavors in very limited quantities. So when the flavor drops April 22nd, you're going to want to get in there. It might be a whole new type of bar. I have no idea what's up Built Sleeves in this one. They've already got the standard Built Bars that I love. They've got the Built Bar Puffs. You can find Gorilla and all kinds of things at Built.com. It is high-protein bars, low in sugar, low in calorie. And they taste delicious. And I don't know how they make all these flavors, but they do. And you can feel good about it when you reach for that snack because it is high in protein, low in sugar, low in calorie. It is actually healthy for you and is actually delicious. So mark your calendars. Head to Built.com Saturday, April 22nd to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. And I can't wait to see what the new flavor is. Make sure you use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order at Built.com. All right, Keith, when it comes to this draft class, I want to get your I want to get your just right off the bat your one prospect that you pound the table for that you have higher than everybody else who's your guy it could be a round one guy it could be one dot one it could be a seventh round player who is your guy in this draft class that you will fight for and you've been fighting the uh, the draft network folks for being higher in the rankings I have can I go two can I go two yeah oh, two guys I just want to pound the table for First of all, I'm going to start with Louisville cornerback, Keytrail Clark. I really mm. like Keytrail Clark, man. I think he's a guy that's, that's versatile in the sense of the fact that if I think he can play outside, but he has some inside capabilities as far as playing that slot position. But he's competitive on the outside, man. Like, he, even though he's only 5'10", you see the ball skills. is a guy that's willing to tackle. Um, he, he has really good plant and drive, you know, when he's playing off-man situations. So I really like Keytrail Clark from Louisville as the cornerback. I gave him – and listen, man, you're talking about backing it up, right? Like putting your money where your mouth is. Um, not too many people talking about it. I gave him a second-round grade. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But I, I haven't I, seen him in any second-round mock drafts. I will say that. <laughs> I just wrote his name down. I'm digging in. Yeah, I I, I took – I really like him. And then the other guy, man, I'm, I'm people talk about, but I – man, the film, I just really like what he does. And that's Iowa State's wide receiver, Xavier Hutchison, mm. a big body wide receiver, I think. You know, in this draft class, we've talked about it already, right, that there's a bunch of 5'11 and under 170-pound wide receivers. So you, when you're looking for, you know, potentially if you're a team drafter, you're looking for those outside wide receivers, this is far and few in between in this class. So it's it's Xavier Hutchison and Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, uh, Jonathan Mingle from Ole Miss. So Xavier Hutchison, I like him because I think he understands route running. He's not a full-speed guy all the time, and he ran with a 4-5 and a 40-yard dash, which I think, honestly, was probably a great time for him because I don't even know if he runs that fast on film all the time. But I've seen a competitor at the catch point. Like, everything we criticize Quentin Johnston about, I think Xavier Hutchison does. This is a guy that 50-50 ball situations, he turns and converts them into 80-20%. Um, he's coming down with the football. And the reason – and I want to jump back to the route running thing because uh, I've watched Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and I, Matt, I know you watch, you know, um, 
Fitzgerald Larry, in practice. Yeah, right, yeah right. you watch Larry in practice, and it was not always about running full speed all the time. Right? No, it was, right, it was right. about mixing speeds and giving different looks to the defensive backs, and that's what I see from Xavier Hutchinson. I think that he just understands how to get open. He can beat you with a quick burst off the line of scrimmage, but he can also temple it and set you up on an option route, and that way, you know, sell outside, break inside. So this is a guy in, in a white situation – I kind of comp him a little bit too, and this is the high part, right? Because people hold us to comps. I'm saying this is the extreme, the best version, Keenan Allen. Because Keenan Allen is not an extreme mm-hmm. fast guy, but he just understands how to get open. So Iowa State's wide receiver Xavier Hutchinson is definitely somebody I enjoy watching. Yeah, productive. His routes tell a story. I think his game translates quickly to the league too. That's a really good one. Um, I, I cannot – Pause real quick because you know I'm, I'm on this hill by myself. I appreciate you saying that, man. I feel like <laughs> you, know, you feel better when you you know when somebody else comes on the hill with you. Like you're like, okay, I'm not by myself. Yeah, yeah I think you'll be good. Yeah, like Keytrail Clark. It's like I like him too, and you're like second round. Like, well, hold on, I don't like him that much, but I like him too. You know, maybe maybe third, fourth round. How about that? Like, can, can we can we find some common ground here? No, I, I love that. Do you think? Uh, sorry, I know you got something that, but uh, just follow up on that with the wide receivers. Do you think we're going to be surprised by some of the names we haven't heard a lot about at wide receiver getting drafted higher because they have the size? You mentioned Cedric Tillman. I think I saw. Um, I think it was Tillman and Lance Sirline had him sneaking yeah. into the first round of his mock, and I had never really seen him anywhere. Uh, that high at all in the process leading up to the draft of course Quentin Johnston everyone knows about as a potential first round guy but uh, you mentioned Mingo there's A.T. Mm-hmm. Perry who's 6'3 out of Wake Forest I like his tape as well Xavier Hutchinson uh, could we see some of the small guys drop and some of the big guys go a lot higher than people expect yeah I don't know if it's necessarily about the small guys dropping because I think there's enough wide receiver needs but I think the big guys will be elevated because there are some teams that already have slot wide receivers, right? And you need another, like you think about the Dallas Cowboys, for instance, like do they really need another small explosive guy when they have that in Brandon Cooks? Like we'll see on draft night, but they may do better waiting to get a a Cedric Tillman or Xavier Hutchinson or Jonathan Mingle to kind of match and pair with CeeDee Lamb, uh, you know, for that X slash Z type wide receiver position. So I, I, I think it's more of that, Brian, that you'll see the big guys get elevated and it's guys that we're not really talking about. Even in, I think about a guy named who's cooled off a lot. Remember like we, we were seeing, SMU's wide receiver Rasheed Rice all over the place, right? This guy was mm-hmm. like a top 20, top 30 pick. And then now we don't see or hear anything about him. So we have to think about it. Like that's another slot for a bigger wide receiver to come and fill. So I have some blind spots still in this draft that I need help with. And I like the running back class as a whole. Everyone on the planet has Bijan number one in that ranking. I have Gibbs and then Charbonnet. That's pretty chalky. I don't know if you're the same, but I, I, most people have those top three. And then I have no idea who number four is. I mean, I, I can give them up like five or six names. Do you have some favorites there? Yeah, I, so in all of this, we're talking about scheme-specific. And then yeah, yeah. with the way the NFL is, right, we're talking about, I guess, running back by committee situations. Some guys that really stood out. Tajay Spears. He's a guy that really stood out to me. I think it's funny. He, he, I actually have him four right now. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. yeah, look, yeah. We, we on the same track. I have him four okay. in my list too. Uh, Kenny McIntosh, he reminds me, um, he, he's a smooth glider. He's not a, a, a player that I think is explosive, but for a bigger back, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He reminds me of, I think, Rashad White from Arizona State last year or something. He has that comp to him. And I think Rashad White is with the, the Tampa Bay Bucks. He's a buck, so, yeah. Yeah, that's one guy I like. And then the under the radar guy, and he's we talked about team success and how it gets projected on the prospects. Oklahoma's uh, running back, Eric Gray. 
I like him, man. I, I really like what he, he has a dense frame. I think he's 5'10", 205, 210 pounds. And when I watched him, he reminded me somewhat of Devontae Freeman, the, the Falcons running back from a mm-hmm. couple of years ago in the sense of the fact that he has short area quickness, explosive. Um, he's compact. He's lower to the ground. And you see him do some really fun things. So if, if you're looking for kind of a sleeper running back, that's definitely somebody to check out. And I'll finish up with, you know, we're talking about going deep into it, right? Like just a, a name to be thrown out there <clears throat> is Northwestern's running back, Evan Hall. This I'm really high on him, yeah. You like Evan? Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, catches the ball, he's big. You know, we talked about this on Locked On Dynasty. Like those guys just produce in the league. He's big, he catches the ball, he's going to be fantasy relevant. I know we're not talking fantasy, but I think he's a sleeper too. Yeah, we just talked about this, and we talked about him with the Austin Eckler situation, right? Like, this would be a, a key guy if, you know, the, the Los Angeles Chargers moved on from Austin Eckler, right? You replace him with an Evan Hall, not saying that he's exactly that, but mm-hmm. he offers some of the same things. can catch the ball out of the backfield, run option routes, and then you can also hand him the football and be very productive. So there are some good some good running backs in this class, even when you talk about, like you say, outside of the top five, you talk about scheme specific six through 10, six through 12, some good running backs. I just want to throw a couple more names out there. Chris Rodriguez uh, is fun to watch. And I think we can all root for Deuce Vaughn. Who's five foot five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when's the last time we saw a five foot five NFL player, five foot five, one seventy nine, and um, shortest arms, uh, you know, shortest height, shortest arms. I mean, he's a complete in a, in a draft of outliers, even Deuce Vaughn stands out. Uh, gotta be rooting for this guy. Came out early too, third year junior uh, to, uh, to go into the NFL draft. It's going to be an uphill battle for him at that size, but uh, I think he can carve out a little, a little home there somewhere. How about the defensive side of the ball next? Uh, some more thoughts about the quarterbacks as well from Keith Sanchez, co-host of locked on NFL draft. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. All you everydayers, we appreciate you tomorrow on the show. We're going to finish up our week on Peacock and Williamson. But uh, if you're an everydayer, you love the network, then you got to check out the new Locked On NFL Draft special, which has been released. It's six episodes long. Every pick in the first round from the NFL hosts, the college hosts checking in, NFL Draft folks checking in on the network. And um, if your team doesn't have a first-round pick, it will still be covered because we're going through the first pick of every team in the NFL, even if you didn't have the first uh, first round pick. And of course, this is right here on today's edition of Peacock and Williamson. This is the booth. This is the anchor booth. Williamson and I have been hosting this thing for a few years. We had a, a, a great addition this year in Keith Sanchez. That was so much fun. And so everyone, you got to go download it, check it out. It's on the Peacock and Williamson feed, video and audio. It's on the Locked On NFL Draft feed as well. The 2023 Locked On NFL Draft Mock Draft Special. It's a long title, uh, and it is definitely worth checking out. So, Keith, quarterbacks, real quick here. Um, what's your order? Who do you like where? Talk to me about quarterbacks. If you're the GM of one of these teams, are you fighting to get up? Are you trying to let a guy fall to you? Or like what we're here with the Texans, would you could potentially even pass on a quarterback at pick two? Yeah, so my rankings, I have Bryce Young, number one. I have C.J. Stroud, two. I have Anthony Richardson, three. Will Levis, four, which I, I think at this point is kind of somewhat chalk, right? Like, that's not a, a, a hot take or anything like that. Uh, man, okay. Are there any Patrick, big gaps between those? Yeah, I, I think, honestly, I, I think there's a big gap. I think Bryce Young and, and C.J. Stroud, and I say that this this quarterback battle is a, is a battle of 
the provens versus the potential, right? Like okay, because yeah, yeah. on film, like let's be honest, right? It, it shouldn't be close, right? Like we shouldn't like Anthony Richardson should not be next to CJ Stroud if you're talking about based off of film and college production. But like we said, it's it's potential. So my my gap is Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and then I think there's a gap between okay, what could these guys convert to? And that's Anthony Richardson and Will Lovers. Hendon Hooker. I've been hearing a lot of hype that he's going to go in the first round. My hot take in the draft is that Hendon Hooker ends up closer to round three than round one because I just don't see with his offense and and, and most of all his age and injury, it, it's just not a resume that gets you drafted in the first round. And you have to love a quarterback if you're going to draft him in the first round. And so to me, Hendon Hooker might go might be one of these long lists of quarterbacks. Remember Ryan Nassib back in the day and um, Davis, uh, Davis Webb. And last year there was three quarterbacks that we thought might go in the first round that ended up in round three. We always hear this round one hype and then the quarterbacks fall into round three. And so I think there might be a little fibbing going on where some teams are throwing names of quarterbacks they don't like out there because they they don't want teams to know the quarterback they actually like in the draft. (laughs) And so uh, I find it interesting that late in the process, all of a sudden we're hearing, oh, this team loves Will Levis. This team loves Will Levis. And I'm thinking, well, you know what? I bet you love Anthony Richardson if that's what I'm hearing about. If that's leaking out of your building. And then the Hendon Hooker stuff, it just it just doesn't make sense to me. Do you see Hendon Hooker as a first round guy? Oh, man. Tough. Like, can, could, have we seen worst quarterbacks go in the first round? Yes. Sure, right. Sure. Well, and, and, and I talk about age. I think maybe one of the worst quarterback picks ever was Brandon Whedon, who I think was near 30 <laughs> by the time he was a rookie. And he had gone through, you know, minor league baseball. And he's like, you're going to draft a 30 year old dude. But of course, Cleveland Browns will Cleveland Brown. And we saw it again with uh, what one of the easiest whiffs I've ever seen coming was uh, Johnny Manziel as well. As like, I wouldn't have touched him with the 10 foot pole in the first round. So, yeah, teams do. But, you know, they're mistakes usually, too. And when you get these wilds, like, what? That guy? It's rare that you're like, what? That guy went in the first round and he becomes yeah. a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I agree. And the, the path I see for Hendon Hooker getting into the first round is that some general manager slash owner, right, is sold on the Jalen Hurts story times 10 in the sense of the fact of, you know, some of the same issues with Jalen Hurts, inaccuracies, you know, scheme, talent, every you know, everything that we used uh, – I don't want to say used against Jalen Hurts, but he put it on film, right? There were issues, and I'll say it, right? I thought he had accuracy issues. I was standing on the sideline when we played him, you know, in the uh, the playoff game, and I'm like, I don't know about Jalen Hurts. Like, I'll say it. Um, but I think with his him being able to develop, I'm wondering if there's some team at the back end of the first round, similarly to Lamar Jackson, right, some team that jumps right back in and that pick kind of 28 through 31 and select Hendon Hooker as a first round because they believe that they could develop him in a year or two so that that's more of his path i think if anything happens i don't see him as a top 10 pick like some of that is being floated around safety's not real exciting and it's not a sexy conversation like quarterback but i adore brian branch i've become very very fond of Quan martin and i don't know what to think of the rest of this group but coach me up here <laughs> yeah no i'm with you um brian branch really like him right low hole player i want to talk about his teammate though Jordan hmm. Battle, um, and, and what I've seen because we had to watch these guys last year and this year. So I remember the film from last year, and I, what I think happened was, and I'm kind of, you know, saying like take notes on this, that Jordan moved 
from playing the low hole guy, right? Playing that strong safety kind of nickel guy to playing free safety. And then Brian Branch moved down and you've seen the production from both players kind of switch, right? Like with, with where they played. So I would still check out Jordan battle because I think when you're talking about late second, early third, I think he's a guy that can come in and start. You're talking about six, one, 200 plus pounds, rain the Sam, Ran the same 40 time as Brian Branch, right? And he's a guy that showed that he's physical, can get his hands on the football. So Jordan Battle, for me, is a sleeper guy that no one's really talking about that I think can play football. Then the other guy is the safety from Illinois, Sidney Brown. Um, I got a chance to check him out at the Senior Bowl, quick twitch, explosive. He's kind of like Antoine Winfield, a little bit. Antoine Winfield Jr., I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. um, I think Minnesota, right? Antoine went to Minnesota. So he reminds me of... Yeah, throws his body around. You don't know how many years you're going to get out of that type of play, but you respect the way he approaches the game and he's physical and everything. So those are the two safeties that I, I really I really like, I really enjoyed. Then I could throw out last name, Jay Ward from LSU, one of my mm. guys. Um, versatile player. This is a guy that came in, played corner for us. We recruited him as a cornerback. Then our safety room was poor. So he transitioned to safety. You know, so some corners, right? Like they don't want any part of that smoke, but this is a guy <laughs> that's 190 pounds that throws his body around so he can cover um, maybe in too high situations. He'll probably be best he's physical will step up and tackle he has the length and everything so those are the guys that i that i really like yeah i didn't put it together the lsu connection with jay ward because he's someone i've been watching a lot i've been i've been scouting all these safeties because the 49ers have a safety need and i'm I'm trying to find more of a free safety than a box safety and everyone's up in the box all the the top guys are in the box or they're in the slot so it's like Where's my center fielders, you know? And they're, and Jay Ward's one of the guys I'm looking at. I'm like, I kind of like this guy. And, uh, and, and so I, I definitely like Jay Ward. Um, Battle is an interesting one to me because I watched him and I'm like, I'm kind of bored. But then I'm like, well, wait a second. Like the job description's in the title of your position, safety. He's just kind of safe. Like I didn't see anything bad either, but I'm watching him and I'm like, I'm not all excited about big hits or, you know, anything. He's not close to the line of scrimmage and making all the plays like Brian Branch was on his 2022 tape. But I'm, And then I'm like, well, I guess kind of boring and safe is, is kind of a good thing that should go in the, in the strengths category, right? Cause he's not making mistakes either. So yeah, Jordan Bell's an interesting one. And with all these safeties, I can't figure out where they're going to go. And, and some of them, I can't even figure out what position they're going to play in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. The no, top I, position I, scout. Yeah. And I just finished up the safeties and I went through and I thought I was going to find a couple of gyms, you know, it'd be like, man, what are y'all <laughs> yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about? This is a good class. And then I finished them and I was like, Oh man, this is man. tough. <laughs> a lot of special teamers and third safeties and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So on the negative side of things, I don't want to end negative here, but uh, just a, a couple names that maybe a lot of people are hyping up that you maybe don't see it with this draft class. Okay. Uh, we kind of talked about this on a draft special. I'm going to start at the very top, right? Lucas Van Ness, Iowa Edge. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I, I just don't see it right now, man. I think this is a, a developmental guy. I think he's he's two, three years away from giving you consistent double-digit sack production. He projects best to be an interior defensive lineman. So it's with him. Um, next guy, and I, I heard this on ESPN yesterday, and it kind of made me scared, was I was Jack Campbell. And I think this is a good football player. I think he's a he's a, a tackle to tackle football player right if you need a true mike linebacker but then i seen names get floated around like luke keekley and stuff and <laughs> that made me nervous i'm like let's not do that so um I, jack campbell is, is definitely a guy that makes me nervous um try to continue to go 
flipped the. I know Campbell tested well, but he still doesn't look like a great athlete on tape to me. Yeah, I I don't see it, and and, uh, it might be Matt that he's more of a a straight line guy, right? Right, right. The forty yard dash is straight, and he's a straight area like explosive guy. But when you talk about the lateral agility, flipping hips and things like that, just to you know be able to, I guess, just hash the sideline, you know, middle linebacker the sideline, you just don't see the flow as fast. So he's another guy that I'm like, okay, this guy, you know, he's going pretty high. Mm-hmm. And that has PS- PTSD going on right now with Devin Bush, who's got like, you know, crazy oh. speed but can't cover. <laughs> you see that a lot with linebackers. Like, oh, this guy's body beautiful and fast, but it's like, do you have the instincts? Those middle of the field players, you know, they got to see oh, it man. before they react. A lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. Yeah. I, and I also, can I, and I don't hope you mind if I switch it up just a little bit and throw out sure. a, a positive name. We're talking linebackers because I really do love linebacker play Alabama's Henry told told mm. I, I'm, I'm throwing out the the 40 time I'm throwing out the weight the guy just gets to the football like point blank period like he makes up for the 40 time with instinct so I, I really like him um I like is he somewhat undersized yes but he gets to the football he's physical he has instincts he played in a box Alabama runs multiple fronts he's the signal caller I I, I like him as a football player if you get him I think he's gonna be extremely pro- productive for your defense yeah I agree Fantastic stuff. Such knowledge coming from Keith Sanchez, the co-host of Locked On NFL Draft. You can find him on Twitter at The Talent Code. And of course, he joined the anchor booth with Matt and I on this year's Locked On Mock Draft special that is now live. So go check it out. You can find it on the Peacock and Williamson feed. And uh, Keith, it was a pleasure chatting with you. I had fun doing the mock draft special. And uh, let's keep talking draft and talking ball here on, on our pod. And if you ever want one of us, probably Matt, to join you, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> man. <laughs> man definitely man appreciate y'all thank y'all for having me thanks everybody for making peacock and williamson your first listen check out the mock draft special matt and i back tomorrow peacock and williamson